There's so many books about how to buy property. You can go get them anywhere. And this isn't rocket science. There's nothing super complicated about buying rental property. People have been doing it since before Moses was a baby and longer, and people continue to do it. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here. Another week. Mm-hmm. Closer. That's right. I just hope everybody's out there making it happen. I really do. Every week, I feel like you show up here and... We tell you all of the reasons why you should be moving forward with whatever it is in your life. Mm -hmm. I just hope you are. Yeah. That's all. It's another week has passed. And are you closer to your goals? You know, like little Mm check-in, friendly (laughs) (laughs) check-in, making sure you're doing your part. Let us know if you need not so friendly. We'll give you that too. Yes. Whatever you're needing. Well, I think that's pertinent to what we're going to discuss today. We have a book we're going to talk about today. And uh, one thing that we've been noticing is how important it is to speak your goals and what you're taking on in your life, sharing it with other people. So we're doing that for you today, Ron. I know. Last time I did this, everybody should know. What year was that? I think it was 2012. 2011? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2011, I stood up in front of our Salt Lake City Investor Club And every year I would do a goal setting event and I would stand up and I would share some of my goals publicly. So everybody, and then next year I'd say how I did. And I think back then, Heather, I weighed all of like 145 pounds, like soaking wet. Yeah. You were always trying to gain weight. Always. Always trying to gain weight. I ate like a hog and I mean, just, I could not gain weight, (laughs) but I actually stood up in front of everybody and I said, next year I'm going to compete in a bodybuilding competition and I'm going to win. And I think people out loud laughed at me. I think they thought I was joking because I looked a little bit like Skeletor. You were never Skeletor. I mean, I worked out a lot, but (laughs) let's be honest. I mean, it was 145 pounds. Anyway, long story short, I completely altered my entire existence, if you remember, Heather. It was pretty dramatic. Yeah. I didn't eat sugar, an ounce of sugar for a year solid. Which, if you know Ron, is very impressive. Very impressive. I mean... That's the only time in my life that's happened. Mm -hmm. I can just tell you that. Anyway, I did it. I missed the year mark by two months (laughs) because when I showed up to my posing coach, (laughs) my posing coach said, do you want the truth? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. He said, you're not ready. Really? And I said, well, what do you mean? Because my other coach was saying that you dry out in the end. I don't get all technical with everybody, but supposedly there was going to be this life altering thing that happened in the last three weeks. And he said, yeah, that's all true, but it doesn't get rid of fat. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, that is fat right there. And that isn't going to go away. <laughs> he goes, so are you competing to win or do you just want to get up there and do the thing? I said, no, I, I told everybody I was going to win. <laughs> I have not heard this part of the story. Yeah. So he goes, well, then you need like three more months, man. Like if you work with me for three months, I'll dial you in. And in that three months, not only did I lose fat every single week that I went to see this guy, which is, I should say, that's a good reason to get a coach and a really good one. Wow. But not only did I lose fat every week, I gained muscle every week I worked with this guy. His name's Jeff Later. He's a stud. He's out in Utah. 
And he now has a coaching business. He, he can help you no matter where you live. Huh. So if you're into that kind of thing, feel free. You don't have to be on stage. He'll get you in shape, whatever. Anyway, shout out to Jeff because he's a stud. <laughs> so I worked with him for several months. I don't even remember how many months. And then I went on stage when I was ready, which was a little bit late for my goal, but I did it. And I took third in my first bodybuilding competition. So I didn't win. I missed it. But I worked like the devil to do that. And the devil works hard. He works hard. <laughs> if you don't think so, you're not paying attention. That's awesome. Go ahead, Heather. Sorry, I thought I would share that because I haven't done that publicly for a long time. Yeah, you're like, it's a little bit vulnerable to say, I have a goal and I'm going to achieve it and I'm going to tell you all about it. That's a pretty big goal. Yeah, but this goal, I'm hopeful, will help all of you. Look at that, Heather. Anybody who's watching, I just thumbsed up everybody. And I don't even know how. So that's cool. Anybody who's watching on the video, we're recording this. And somehow I made some gesture that made a cute little thumbs up happen. And I don't even know how. Yeah, it's so distracting. I love that they did it, but it's also distracting. Mm -hmm. So Ron, you've been writing a book for how long now? It's a long time. I'm not even going to admit to that on here. How long <laughs> it's been. I've been writing a book for a long time. And I've had this idea for even longer. But the title of the book is You're Wealthier Than You Think. Yep. And it's on the daily. We talk to someone who is wealthier than they think. It's true. Because they've had either horrible advice or they haven't really paid attention to what they actually have. They just don't track it. They don't know what their net worth or what their assets can do for them. Mm-hmm. For any number of a variety of reasons, they're wealthier than they think they are. And they think they have to work another 10, 15, 20 years. They think they have to get way more money than they should because, you know, some wealth manager has told them that. Yeah. So I decided to write a book. Awesome. And I actually came up with the name before any of the content for the book. You're wealthier than you think you are, right? Mm -hmm. But it is actually almost done. So tell us the why behind the book. Why write a book? We have a podcast. We have... Lots of people we talk to and help. Why a book? A couple of reasons. So this is the Get Real Show. So to get real, I wrote a book before. It was a number one best-selling book. And I'm a little embarrassed of it. It kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. Now, I should say that book has gone on to help and inspire people that I've talked to that really enjoyed the book. So not trying to take anything away from the book, but I wanted to do over on the book because I don't really like how it turned out. So that's one reason. The second reason is I wanted to write something that incorporated some other things other than just real estate. And I wanted to share a little bit of my journey and I wanted to put it down on paper instead of putting it in a podcast. Something about a book is timeless. We have books from forever ago. Yeah. And I wanted to share what's in my brain with the world. As many people as actually want to buy it and take it, read it. As I have learned quite a few lessons and real estate related, business related, life related, kind of like this podcast, which I know isn't for everybody. It's not everybody's flavor that we mix all that stuff together, but they mix together anyway. And they just do. Mm -hmm. If you own real estate, you're running a business. I don't care what you think about it. You are, right? And anytime you're running a business, it takes time away from the rest of your life. It's true. And that's how they all intersect. So- I think there's far too many people out there who talk about maybe just real estate, but they don't talk about how it actually applies to your life. And that's, I think, the difference between how we perceive the people that we work with and maybe how other people do. So I wanted to try to put all that into a package and make it flow right so that people could read it. 
and digest it. And I'm a little bit vulnerable in the book because I share stories that I haven't publicly shared, I don't think, very many places. That's true. And I think stories are one of the best parts of, from what you've been sharing with me about writing this book, is like teaching with telling stories, yeah. which is really fun. Much more fun to read than like, and then you buy a property and then you make some money. <laughs> Listen, there's so many books about how to buy property. Like you can go get them anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you guys have been listening to the podcast long enough. You know, this isn't rocket science. There's nothing super complicated about buying rental property. People have been doing it since before Moses was a baby and longer. Mm -hmm. And people continue to do it until the world isn't here anymore. I mean, Heather and I didn't make this up. Mm -hmm. It's just rental properties. Yeah. It's not that complicated. But the rest of everything combined with it and what it can do for you, that's the fun part to me. But we do go into the good news is there's some touchy-feely stuff in here, but there's some really good meat and potatoes in here and some stories about why I changed the way I do business and what that means now. And we've talked about vision on the show so many different times, but that altered my life. Why would I not talk about something that completely altered my life? Yeah, It did. You saw it. And when you catch the vision of something, even if it's not necessarily your life vision, but the vision of what something can do for your life, like rental properties is an example, man, it's empowering. It's exciting. It, I've talked to clients over the years and said, man, it just makes you want to cut out the fat in your budget. <laughs> That's funny, fat, your bodybuilding. But um, just to take out that extra spending so that you can then be more aggressive on saving so you can buy more real estate, retire sooner, debunking the theory of that 4% that what the financial planners use that you need to say, right. I need this much income in a year, you divide it by 4%. And that's how much you need to save in order to retire. And it's hundreds of thousands and millions, depending on what your goal is of how much annual income you need. It's so much money. And it becomes so out of reach. And I know I've shared this before, but my grandparents, my grandmother's still alive, but my grandfather before he passed away, he had saved and saved and saved that nest egg my whole life. That's all I remember him being just a saver, right? He was generous, but he was a saver for sure. And he had, I think, several million dollars in the bank and would not spend money on certain things that they really needed. And I think it's that you just are in that scarcity mode your whole life to be able to end up retired and then spending it is terrifying. Because you've spent your whole life telling yourself that you can't have things and that you need to save. It's a real, real interesting perspective. Yeah, for sure. So I do spend quite a bit of time in the book discussing real estate investments and how they work and how you can make it happen. Because that's a huge part of why I believe that people are wealthier than they think they are. Mm -hmm. Because if you use even a portion of your assets to buy real estate... I mean, the returns, we've been over them time and time again, that they dwarf anything else. Yeah. So not that it's get rich quick, but it happens quicker than you think it will because the returns are so much bigger. And it's just the rule of 72 says if your return's larger, it takes less years to double your money. Mm -hmm. But I do spend quite a bit of time discussing that in the book. But I also, I start the book off with the part that I think is the most important, which is the vision piece and why that changed my life, how it changed my life. And hopefully... That will help somebody else grab the vision. I know Sean, when he talked to me about that um, 
that's what moved me was that it changed his life and it made such a huge difference. And as he explained it, I found myself feeling the exact same way, thinking like, yes, there's a better way. This is a better way to do this. I can't help myself but talk about business too, because like I said earlier, real estate investment's a business. If you're investing in the stock market, you're investing in businesses. I mean, business is all around us. For sure. I have to spend some time talking about business. And some of those business principles that I talk about in the book, those can be used in careers. They can be used in families. They're just true principles that work. Yeah. One of those is leverage. We've talked about that on the podcast. For sure. Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it and I shall move the world. I 100% believe in that. And how many times we talked about the same 24 hours in a day? Everybody's like, you have the same 24 hours in a day? No, I do not. My 24 hours is way different than some people's 24 hours. And Richard Branson's 24 hours are way different than mine. He gets way more done Mm. in 24 hours than I do. Yeah. But I get way more done than a lot of other people. And it's because of leverage. That's true. I think of that a lot with third world countries. I've talked to my kids about that lately of how women like myself, my age in a third world country may spend two thirds of my day just getting water, (laughs) preparing food, right? Like if you have to collect your firewood and you have to go and get water and walk to and from everywhere because you don't have a car, it's a really solid point. Leveraging technology, super powerful. I talk in the book a little bit about the myth that leveraging is just using. Like when you're leveraging people, because part of what I talk about is leveraging human capital. Heather and I were on a leadership training class and we were in there for two hours and we literally talked about leveraging people the whole time. Yeah. Another word for that is leading people. So one of the main things that I told the group today was this whole lions versus sheep thing is irritating to me because that's not really leading. Yeah. Talk more about what that is, lions versus sheep. I just don't think I hear that as often as you do. Yeah. Because I mean, women don't say that. Yeah. (laughs) It's only men (laughs) and it's primarily men entrepreneurs and men martial artists. And this is me Googling. I might be Googling right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Take a look. Basically what it means is I'm going to be a lion, not a sheep. And I guess the simplest form of that, everyone would prefer to be a lion than a sheep because a sheep's going to get eaten. Mm. But when you actually extrapolate that out and you listen to the rest of what is being said, what's being said is that there are two things. You're either a lion or you're a sheep. And sheep just go along. And then the next thing that they'll post, like people will post this, I'm going to be a lion or I'm going to be a beast or I'm going to be whatever it is, right? Yeah. Okay. I can go with you on that. But the next thing that they'll post is, I'm a self-made man. Mm. Nobody helped me do this. I did this on my own. Oh, wow. And then they'll post something else about a paycheck is just something that they give you to buy your dreams. Hmm. You combine all of the statements from these people who are the lions versus sheep people, pretty much what they're saying is the majority of the people on the planet are sheep. Sheep are stupid. They're inferior. And I'm a lion. And I'll eat any of the sheep that I want to to get where I want to go. And that is just simply the polar opposite of how I want to be remembered from doing business. Yeah. So is using leverage or is it just using? Guarantee you those people, whether they even think that they are or not, are using people. You couldn't possibly think that everyone on your team is a sheep and that you're a lion without using them. 
it's impossible. You can't do it. Wow. I'm seeing like pictures and stuff online. The lion never loses sleep over the opinions of sheep. Yep. Wow. So who are the sheep? Yeah. I talk about this in the book because listen, if you own real estate, you're going to be working with people. These people, either they can be on your team, they can be your staff or they're outsourced people. They're still working for you. And if you're wealthy, does that mean you're a lion? And let's be real about the whole lion thing anyway. There are plenty of other animals in the animal kingdom that would be better than a lion Mm. because it's only the dudes who post that. And it's the female lions that hunt. Yeah, they feed the males. That's true. In addition to that, they hunt and live in prides. They didn't do it by themselves. They did it together. Mm -hmm. And you can see videos all the time where there's two or three lions on the back of whatever it is that they're trying to take down. They didn't do it by themselves. It's such a joke. The whole premise is a joke. There is not a businessman or woman alive who built their business by themselves. Not one. Yeah. There's no such thing as a self-made man or woman alive. Doesn't exist. Yeah. So if you call yourself that and you call yourself a beast and you call yourself a lion and you call everybody else sheep, maybe, just maybe, you should look in the mirror and really think about what you're saying. Because in reality, what is being said is that you don't value anybody on your team because they all have jobs. They get paid by you. Yeah. They work for you. You tell me what it is, if that's not what it means. I don't know what else it could possibly mean. And it's uh, such the team mentality that allows a business to be successful. I mean, one thing in the leadership training that we've been doing that is a takeaway for me was a good leader wants everyone to level up. They want people to improve and be better than them, which is, you know, sometimes you just want to squash everybody around you to look the best and be the best, right? Be the lion versus leveling everybody up to be part of the team and do better than they did last year. And that is the way leverage should work. Yeah. Now, this is unique because here we have Heather the sheep and Ron the lion. I'm just joking. (laughs) So just joking. <laughs> Here we have a unique relationship on the show. We can talk about this because when I hired you back in 2007, that's a long time ago. If you can't do math very quick, that's a long time. Okay. <laughs> so I leveraged your time yeah. and your talents and I paid you for that. Mm-hmm. Fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Because of that, well, the business grew. And the way that leverage is supposed to work in a business setting is that you were able to leverage the company and all of the assets of the company to learn and grow and become more inside of the company. Well, and outside of the company, hopefully. Yeah. That's what I've done my whole life. So leverage isn't just one way. It's both ways if it's done properly. Agreed. And I would like to think that the leverage both ways has paid off. I know from my end, it has paid off remarkably well. But I hope it's paid off really well on your end as well. 100%. I think often of, man, how different I would be, not even just like its stage of my life and material things, but as an individual without being challenged and put in situations where I have to learn and grow that I otherwise wouldn't have had. I mean, I'm sure that like the world would teach me lessons other ways, but man, it's been enjoyable (laughs) and really fun. Um, And I've also been able to grow personally and interpersonally to the point that my goal for the last six months is to build up leaders within our team. 
right? And replace myself. And the leadership training that I've had this week of focusing on, man, if I build up leaders to be better than I am, how cool would that be, right? Like (laughs) if they do better than I did. Rather than rather than thinking that you're the savage and there's no one that's better than you, mm-hmm. how cool would it be is if everybody that you teach becomes better than you? Yeah. There's nothing better than that. I don't know what could possibly be better than that. True. And that's the thing with inside the book. Like this is wealth. It's not just financial. There's all of this big, huge bucket that creates wealth. I remember when I was starting over, and this is in the book too, in 2011, when my former partner and I parted ways and I had to start completely over from scratch. I wasn't starting over completely from scratch. That's the thing. I was wealthier than I thought I was back then and I had no money. Mm -hmm. So what did I have? I had a ton of experience, a ton of experience that I didn't have previously. Yeah. And so the leverage did work both ways. Now, he and I didn't see eye to eye and- I wouldn't consider that we are um, you know, best buds right now, but I don't wish him any ill will. And for crying out loud, I learned a lot while we were together. And it was from the things that I learned that I was able to start over again and then start learning more and more and more and more. Yeah. So every single leveraged relationship, whether it's to money, to time, to human capital, all of those are critically important to wealth creation, all of them. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't leave it out of the book. And I can't only talk about real estate. Now, this applies directly to real estate. Don't get me wrong. Because in the book, I talk about how every single one of these types of leverage, human capital leverage, time leverage, even culture leverage, all of these types of leverage, Hmm. they're critical to buying and running and understanding a real estate business. But it's a big section of the book because it's really important to me. It's one of the things that I think people overlook when they're looking at their wealth. Yeah. I think the important part right now for everyone listening and really for Ron is when is the book going to be finished, Ron? (laughs) It's December. So I'm going to have it done by December and then I'm going to have to have artwork and all that stuff. So it'll be out sometime in Q1. I'm going to have the actual writing done this month. Wow. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So I just sent a copy of it to Heather. I'm going to give it to a couple of other people. I know. I just got it. And Heather's going to say, dude, you're missing really big, important things right here. And then I'll put them in. I'm just hoping to add some good stories, some good context that helps illustrate and teach things. Because yeah. I, I love learning through stories, like I said. So, And I'm super excited to get it out in 2024 and get it into people's hands. So you heard it here first. Now you know it's coming. It's a big deal. If you read my other book, this one's going to be way better. Not that the other one sucks, but this one's going to be way better. You might have said that it sucks. But I'm glad that it helped a lot of people that it did help. I think for me, it was just too simplistic. And maybe that was a good thing. But when I read it, I'm like, man, there's so much more I could have and should have said. That's what I consider to be the fail on it. But maybe it was better that I didn't do that. Yeah, now you have a sequel. In any case, I, your humble podcast host this week... I'm going to get out there and make something happen because now I have to put it out there. So I hope all of you join me in making something happen. That's right. Let's do it together. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.